What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. We got all sorts of stuff to talk about tonight. Let's go. Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, the no. craziest sequence of events we've seen in, all, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle. Back to Kurt. Happy Labor Day, gentlemen. Right back yeah, to you. You too. <laughs> I, I guess. I, is that a thing that people say to each other? Happy Labor Day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know. Um, Mike, at OneCheck37 from Twitter, said, Better choice, hot dog or burger. Did you guys do either today to celebrate Labor Day? No. Yeah, I, I really didn't do anything special. So, what, what did, Kev, what did you eat? What did I eat? I had a rice bowl with sweet potatoes and bok choy and some onions. Feels very anti-American. Josh, what did you eat? <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwich at work. <laughs> okay. That's pretty American. <laughs> that was yeah. a pathetic of a meal as it gets. Uh, I had. I was going to say, okay, if you had your choice, hot dog or burger then. Josh, hot dog or burger? I feel like burger. I feel like hot dog is more like an appetizer. Burger is like a meal. Yeah, that's fair. Kev? Burger for sure. We did uh, we did kibasi on the grill tonight, so I'd say neither. Yeah, there's a place out out near here. It's about 20 minutes away from us, um, called Bardeen Smokehouse, which is just like you walk in and it's just like meat everywhere. And they do a kibasi that has jalapeno cheese in it. Oh, oh, oh. that's that's that some good, good stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. So okay, Josh, it sounded like you work today. Yeah, yeah, I went into work today, got some hours in, and uh, yeah, yeah, I was the only one there. I think there might have been one other person there, and it was like kind of a nice thing. Just like put headphones on, no one else is there, get some work done. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, Kev, did you do anything today? I did not do work. I played video games a lot today. Uh, <laughs> pretty much it I, I was about to criticize you but i spent part at least part of my day watching a few episodes of uh the show that you guys turned me on to all or nothing manchester city on amazon prime and look i'll just say this um two years ago when we started doing the 3pl show i was sort of looking for a premier league team because i didn't have one at the time and i looked at man city because i was a big fan of pep and I was like, should I do it? Should I not do it? And I ended up ultimately settling on Spurs, and that was my team. Um, two episodes into watching All or Nothing, and I want to go buy a city kit. Like the the <laughs> way the way that the show is put together, and this this sort of like it got the gears turning a little bit. It it conveys to me that so much of um, people's fandom and people's passion about things can come down to narrative, like. There was a show that we liked watching. I think it was called The Contender years ago. My wife and I can't stand boxing, hate boxing, absolutely love this show. And it basically followed these guys. I think Sylvester Stallone was the host. And it followed these guys who were amateur boxers. And every week, two of them would get in the ring and they'd fight. And whoever lost had to go home. But like the way that the narrative of the story was told, like you feel this emotional connection to these guys. And like, it's the same thing with this sort of show. Like, you start to see some of these players. You start to feel, oh, you know, Stones goes down with this injury. You know, how's he going to make it back? What's it looking like? And, you know, Pep's in there sweating it out and giving speeches. And, um, yeah, it almost makes me think that, like, the Hounds should do something like that. Like, <laughs> you know, get a giant budget, make a documentary. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, hey, Simon, if you're listening, I know you've got some, uh, some films out there that you've made, maybe, you know one or two little episodes you put up on YouTube, just sort of follow Lily everywhere he goes for the day and the meetings and, you know, speeches in the locker room. And who knows, who knows how that could play out. But, uh, sorry. Now I'm just imagining Lily's speeches and how you'd have to edit it down to like actually fit into a TV show. It'd be like the, the locker room pep talk is going to be 45 minutes alone. It's like, uh, Hmm. It's just, uh, it's it's a six hour episode and people are like, is that the whole season? And it's like, no, that was just like half a game day. It just, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, absolutely go check it out. It's called All or Nothing Manchester City. It's on Amazon Prime. Even if you aren't a City fan, I feel like you might enjoy this just from the insight that you see. Like they follow the the guys who are responsible for like cleaning the boots after the game, or you know the kit people. Um, 
the the women who like do all of the guys laundry and like you know they even wash their underwear like it's it's crazy but uh it's some really cool insight um definitely definitely worth checking out so that's how i spent at least part of my day um guys i guess let's talk about we had two games since the last time we met we probably you know don't really want to talk about it i think heading into this we talked about you know best case scenario worst case scenario i know we were talking about you know, four points versus three points versus, you know, the context of, you know, what happens in Indy will feel one way or another based on what happens in Cincy. And, you know, obviously now we know Hounds get a 2-2 draw in Indy, lose 2-1 to to Cincy, basically over two games, we get one point in both games. You know, we were on the verge of, uh, we were leading in both games at one point in time and had the potential to walk away with six. So to come away with one point is a bit disappointing. I guess let's talk a little bit about Indy first. I know it feels like it's a while away and then we can dive into since we don't spend too much time on Indy, but um, you know, just to sort of sort of paint the picture to get everybody back in the mindset of what happened there. Uh, Indy scored early on. I think it was two or three minutes in um, basically Jack McInerney was coming up the field. Greenspan was right on him. Uh, Jack sort of caught past him a little bit. Mike Kirk came all the way out outside the 18. Jack just took a touch around them and had an empty net. Um, then, you know, basically, <laughs> we, I kept getting a lot of tweets about like, hey, you guys should complain about stuff the Hounds don't do more often because it felt like everything that we were talking about happened in this game. We got a set-piece goal off of Greenspan's head, um, which we were, you know, complaining wasn't happening. Um, Francois got another goal. So we ended up getting two goals in a game where Brett didn't score. Um, there was the crazy red card for Lee where he got sent off on a questionable foul. And then uh, Indy scored in stoppage time to make it 2-2. Um, yeah. Josh, what were, to, you know, what were some of your takeaways from this game? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, that Kirk mistake was pretty egregious. Um that was like you know we talked about how our defense has been solid this year and how even though Kirk is a little bit untested a little bit green uh, you know uh, he could still kind of work off this defense and uh, they could help him out a lot and this is one of the situations where uh, it just makes you realize like oh man Lynn miss him uh but uh, it, it's kind of funny because that goal pretty much the second goal i believe it was for indy i mean uh against indy looked exactly the same yeah. it was like the exact same mistake made by their keeper instead of our keeper came out too early ball get by him then francois yeah, slots it in so it was it was kind of interesting to see both keepers make the same mistake uh and both in the same goal itself because it was the first half and then the second half. So yeah. that was kind of cool. Kev, how about you? Anything sort of jump at you at this game? Yeah, I mean, this kind of gets folded into the Cincy game, but I think, you know, we're talking about an entirely different uh, points tally here if, if Lind doesn't get injured. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we, we I think we kind of comfortably win um, the any game if Lind is in there and probably the Cincy game as well, but it, I'll get onto that in a little bit. But no, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, a, a couple more things for the end of the game. Just a small side note that has really nothing to do about the game, but like playing on the like football field is just wolf. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, like I don't, and, and I know it has to affect the uh, the players. Um, like, like I could like as it took me like ten minutes to figure out where the sideline was. It felt and, like it felt like gym class. Like, do you remember back in gym class where you'd have like basketball lines, and then there were like yeah. other lines painted all over the gym floor? And yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's I you know part of me is like, is that why the keepers kept rushing out there? Like, oh my my goal was only like five feet behind me instead of eighteen um, or yards. Um, no, yeah. So that that was just really annoying to uh, to watch, and I'm I'm actually I'm curious to see how like the kind of uh, the turf differs from from like Highmark because it looked I don't know I mean it looked like they were picking up a lot more rubber, but I could be really wrong on that. Um, and then yeah, the second one I mean the red card is like I'm fine with it if Cincy gets their red card for the two footed challenge that he goes in on what francois and gets a yellow and they're upset like that's it's absurd ray lee's going in to try to to try to get the ball his 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 foot's lifted 
a foot off the ground because the ball is kind of bouncing on the half volley. And yeah, his his like his studs are, but he's going to trap the ball, and the guy just kicks it away before it's at best a yellow card, never a red card. Um, straight red, like like straight red. Yeah. He didn't even have, he wasn't even sitting on another yellow. Yeah, and so to, to to then turn around and 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 have the Cincy game with a guy two foots Francois thirty minutes in, and you know he walks away with a yellow. It's just absurd. So that that was that was really frustrating. Um, you know, I, I you, you like to think that if we don't get that red card, we don't concede the goal. Um, but because of the time when he gets the red card, we're up two one, and we do so many things right. I mean, I think both of these games kind of to me, kind of set up our team as that team who's kind of on the cusp. I think um, it's like this is the kind of final step you make. You know, like one more step and you become a completely elite team where you, where these kind of games don't happen. I mean, I, f- I feel like the kind of step before the step is the games that we've been seeing where you're, where you're kind of scratching your head and, and you know, we, we get a lot of chances, we're not putting them away, and somehow we walk away with a very low point tally, not reflective of the performance that we put in. And I felt like that's that's definitely what happened with Indy um, and, and probably happened with Cincy uh, since as well. But, uh, yeah, dis- disappointing game against Cindy for sure. Yeah, there was a lot of talk online, um, you know, in, uh, in the BGN Slack with some of the guys from Indy, and the, on the whole red card thing, they were like, "Ooh, yeah, no, no, no," and even the announcers were like, "Yeah, no, nah, 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 that was a bad call." And there was some discussion about. I know that teams can sort of challenge a red call after or a red card after the fact, so after the game's over, you know, sort of appeal it, and then you know Lee would have been available to play in the game against Cincy. The Hounds didn't do that. Not sure you know why whether or not it's just they didn't feel that it was worthwhile to go through all of that on a short week you know basically playing Wednesday and then playing against Saturday who knows um the other big thing with the ref that you know a lot of people were up in arms about was there was four minutes of stoppage time added on and they ended up playing six minutes of stoppage time and the game ended on an Indy corner kick so Indy basically took the ball to the corner went to take the kick didn't kick it and the ref blew the whistle for the game to be over which is totally within the rules of the game you just don't see happen very often because most of the time the refs want it to play out and there's a fantastic image and gift floating around that the steel army got <laughs> of uh, i think it was the fourth official um indy's coach went in to you know give the ref a hard time after the game was over and the fourth official just mouthing uh i think it was two minutes like or, or six minutes it was some reference to like you got extra time like don't even try yeah, she she was pretty much like points at him, tells him to walk away, and she like puts two fingers up. She goes, "You got two extra minutes of what you were supposed to get. <laughs> yeah. Go away." Yeah. And it was just the anger on her face and like how like I don't know. I like that because if you're going to, I, I feel like a lot of times the players and the coaches even they they back talk way too much yeah. uh, anymore. It feels like they run over these refs sometimes. So I, I mean, obviously that that call was BS, and I feel like giving them six minutes at the end instead of two minutes was BS. But I would rather a ref be consistent with their calls. And if they're consistently that way, that's fine. And then also if they they, they need to back up what they're saying, uh, they can't kind of like waffle back and forth and, and let players push them around, let coaches push them around. So I was actually happy with that part. But yeah, the, the, the fact that they gave them what uh, it was supposed to be four and they got six yeah. and the goal happened like after the four minute mark, I believe. Yeah. So it's like, ugh. yeah, yeah, it was rough. Um, and Josh, you know, to your point, you talk to any of the players and the coaches. And I think if nothing else, that's all they want is that consistency. Like if you're going to be bad, be consistently bad, but at least we then know the rules that we're playing within. Whereas if you're constantly changing the calls that you're making, then it just, yeah, it, it you can't play that way. It's, it's difficult. So it would have been nice to see the main official sort of back it up like that rather than having the fourth official do it for him. But, um, yeah, what are you going to do? So, yeah, unfortunately, you know, three points slip through our hands and we end up with one in Indy. Um, Indy's a good team. You know, there's there's not – we we should have won, but we didn't. And I think we'll talk about that, you know, after we get out of this whole Cincy discussion too. I guess, was there anything else in this game, guys, before we jump into Cincy? 
Yeah, just yeah, like like you said, Indy is a good team, but yeah, they they didn't deserve a point, and it's 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 just that's the most disheartening part is because Indy is a good team. We went away to a good team, and you know should have walked away with three points. I think probably. I don't know. It's hard for me to say it did enough for the three points when you have goalkeeping errors like we saw. Like I don't want to throw Kirk under the bus too much here, but I mean he, he there were some saves he made at the end that were like stand on your head type saves. Um, he grew into the game, but that first one <laughs> that was a fine save. It was, it was a save. <laughs> but yeah. I would say he stood on his head for it. But yeah, it was a fine save. Yeah. So I would say uh, I mean uh, I praise uh, Greenspan a little bit more that that header. That whole set piece, it looked like it, you know, was a rehearsed, you know, way to do it, a setup. And it was just great to see him actually get one in the goal. I believe it's only his second professional goal ever. Uh, first one for the Hounds. Um, and, yeah, it's just great to see. And hopefully we see more of that because that's what we've been asking for from him. And props to him for yeah. getting it. We need to come up with a new list for each show of things we're going to complain about just so that they happen, like, in the following game. Um so, Joe, you don't score enough with we, your head, man. You don't. You don't do it. You just gotta do it more often. We, we've been talking about Greenspan's lack of goals for a while now. This isn't anything new. Are you trying to take credit away from us, Kev? What's going on here? I thought you were on yep. our side. You were the worst. The worst. Speaking of the worst, Hounds go to Cincy. Kev, you talked about you know dropping points where we go away. We probably shouldn't drop points. Hounds lose two to one. Uh, oh man Kev okay so you know full disclosure um we had people over at our house at the beginning of this game and I couldn't pull myself away but I kept checking my phone for stats I saw zero 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 great turned it on just in time for Romeo's goal was all into it um fully intended on going back and, and re-watching the game start to finish and I uh, just couldn't bring myself to do it instead I watched like two more episodes of all or nothing Manchester City today so Kev you said that you had a lot of takeaways from the uh, at least the beginning of this game so what what was at least one of them that we can get started with on yeah I mean so we expected Lily to kind of come up with something special here for the Cincy game and, and I think he did it I mean I was surprised with the lineup he rolled out with the formation he rolled out with I mean you know to start Cape Banjo up top away against Cincy when he's probably severely lacking match fitness. Same thing with Romeo. Um, it was a big call. It was a really big call. And then to roll them out in the way they did. Um, I mean, it was kind of like, <laughs> he was like, nah, I'm, just, I'm not even going to play a midfield. It was, he, he played one midfielder, essentially. It was like Dabo, and that was it. He had, he had his back five, you know, plus wing backs or whatever. Um and then you kind of had the, the front three attacking midfielders with K up top on his own. Um, also interesting to note that, you know, it's um, it's Francois in the middle of that attacking three, and Forbes is the one who's pushed out to, to the right. You know, usually you have your pacier players out wide to kind of attack the channels, and he decided against that. And, and I think it's – I'm going to keep talking about other things. I'll, I'll get back to that kind of – decision that he makes there but then he also plays Vanky Azil Monkey Azil at, at left wing back I th- I think that's the first time he's played that position all year um which is just like another tick to his belt um he's now played center back left wing back defensive midfielder attacking midfielder um yeah he's nuts I, honestly I've, if Lind isn't recovered put him in net I'm sure he'd do amazing <laughs> um but uh but yeah, I thought it was fascinating. He was like, "All right, just I'm playing Dabo, and that's it in the middle." Um, and then, but yeah, it seemed like he it seemed like he kind of played Francois in in the in the middle attacking three because he kind of identified that since he liked to maybe build from their defensive midfielders a bit more, they like to, they like to build centrally. I think a lot of the times what we'll do is maybe we'll get the ball if we can out to our wing backs and then distribute the ball from there. So we kind of like to distribute the ball out wide, whereas Cincy. I, at least I noticed for the first 20 minutes or whatever, um, they had a resistance to do that, and they kept wanting to go back inside to their more defensive midfielders. And to have someone like Francois who has legs to get around the, the field and close them down a little more I think makes a lot of sense. I mean, Forbes is a bit more kind of lacking athleticism than, than Francois, so it makes sense in that, uh, in that way. Also, putting Vonky Azil behind Romeo Parks so Parks doesn't have to track back as much. I mean, you know Vonky Azil is going to read the game so well and cover anything that Romeo doesn't do defensively. I mean, so I thought that just made a load of sense, but it's not obvious as soon as you think about it. So it's like, yeah, just 
we'll put Funky Zoo behind Romeo Parks, and 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 that'll get that side boxed off, and and that was really good to see. So I, th- I think just the way he kind of rolled out tactically, um, you know, tactically with his formation and his system was fascinating. I think it was different than what we what we've seen all year, and I think it worked. I mean, I, I think we we controlled them really well for the first half. Um, you know, I, one of the things I mentioned in the Cincy Soccer Talk uh, preview pod was, you know, if we can defend in the middle third of the pitch, I think we'll be good. Um, and we did that. I, I think we played a relatively high line than what we're used to. Our, our center backs were pushed up pretty high. And um, those kind of four attacking players really kind of keep the pressure on and, and, and we played a high line and it worked. And, and I think since he struggled to find answers to it, I think they did. To me, for me, they really didn't mount any serious chances in the first half. I think Greenspan clears one off the line, but that's it. Um, and, uh, and you know, we're I'm scratching my head how we don't walk away with at least the goal in that first half. So that's the frustrating part. I think we started out so well. I think we, we shocked them tactically, which isn't an easy thing to do. Um, and, yeah, we, we set up so perfectly. And I think... I think we did everything right, and we still lose two one, and that's the frustrating part. Josh, you mentioned on the full ninety that this was just you were you were disappointed, but this was still a fun game. Do you you know two days later? Do you still hold to that? Yeah, I mean there was a lot of great stuff that happened this game for the Hounds. Uh, going back to that that save, I think it was like around the twenty six minute mark. Uh, Greenspan just barely saves it off out from the goal he kicks it right out of it um which uh, might be another uh kirk uh mistake there the way he was trying to close it down but yeah greenspan just killed it there um and then like it just i never felt like this whole game that except for the last 10 minutes but i never felt like we were the lesser team like it felt like we were dominating especially to be away in front of that crowd in that atmosphere and even we had a, a game plan and it felt like it was working. Um, I will say that I, I mean, as soon as you see that penalty kick uh, with Banjo and it, it, it goes super the worst high penalties I've ever I, seen. Take. <laughs> like it, it just, it was a gut punch. It was, how do you, you know, regroup after that? I, I never felt like Banjo did. I felt like the whole rest of the game, like, he just never really seemed to be that big of a threat and it just sucked um yeah i mean was i have a lot of positive to say but it's all like all for not because of the last 10 minutes was there a card given on the banjo takedown i saw the replay and it was like a two-footed scissor kick like just get him out of the play no and i that's that's one problem i had i think i mentioned on the full 90 so lasso had uh, the the yellow card in the 38th minute which should have been a red yeah, but he got a yellow for it. Okay, and then he's the one that tripped up Banjo. In was he the? Yeah, holy it was, crap! It I was Lasso. He got no that. card for it. He got nothing for it. He should have been off. So it's like, why? Why was he still on? I I think if I remember right, there is something about like a double jeopardy type thing where you don't want to give a player a card and allow a penalty kick. Is that something? A rule that I don't know? Like. I feel like I've heard about that before. Like, if a player gets sent off, it's it's kind of like too harsh of a punishment to get them sent off and to give them a penalty kick. I don't think there's an official role, but that's something that's been discussed uh, at length in terms of should it be a role. And I think uh, it it's often at the ref's discretion to do what they think they should do. And I mean, in all honesty, if Kay buries that goal, then are we caring so much that Lasso didn't get a yellow on that? I mean, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> then they're down for ten men for the rest of the game. Right. He was but, kind of a dick. So I, I would have, I would have preferred <laughs> him getting sent off. I'm not gonna lie. He, he, he was a jerk the whole game. Yeah. So <laughs> I would have been fine with it. And past games, just watching him, he, he's always kind of like the one that's, you know, yeah. Uh, I don't want to say the enforcer, but kind of the enforcer. Yeah. But yeah, so that, that that really bothered me, the fact that he didn't get sent off and he had two penalties that really were pretty bad. Two fouls, I should say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this whole thing, though, kind of this game and the game before it, us conceding goals late and it feeling like there's just something there. I don't know if it is a fitness where, or, you know, 
we, we can't close out games in the final 10 minutes because of fitness issues, or it could be mental fitness. It could just be we need better mental fortitude to stay focused for the whole 90. And uh, it's it's getting tired to see, and it's it's something that I feel like is haunting us from previous seasons. It's just something that has not gone away. Uh, it's like the last bastion of our uh, our old hounds <laughs> pre-new uh, era. At, at Kyle McHenry on Twitter said, in the second half of the season, four out of 11 games have had a result changed because of an 80th-plus-minute goal against. Personnel is largely the same. What gives? You know, Josh, you you're, you were just saying maybe it's fitness. Um, Kev, do you have any sort of thoughts as to why we're, we've all of a sudden started giving up late goals, whereas previously we were shutting them down? I mean, it does feel like the season's kind of catching up with everyone. I mean, it certainly feels like that from like a fan's perspective. Um, I mean, watching the Cincy game, it did seem like, like in like before thinking about it deeply and actually like you know going through my head to to realize the situation, it did feel I was like, do we have like five or six people injured? Like it it felt sluggish. Things felt sluggish, and that could have been you know what third game in like eight days or whatever. Um, on the road again um, but but yeah it, it kind of feels like this season might be catching up with us and, and honestly what it might be is look most games were not dominating possession and any anytime that happens uh, you know you you usually put in more energy trying to track down the ball and press and stay in shape when you don't have the ball as opposed to when you do have the ball. You have to just run around a lot more when you don't have the ball. So if we're kind of consistently doing that over the course of an entire season, I mean, that might lend to us, you know, a bit more tired legs towards towards the end. And, you know, we're not seeing serious rotation game in, game out. I mean, you know, Brett's been in and out. I, th- I think he's really trying to keep Brett fresh. Um, I mean, you know, we're seeing more rotation, I think, out of the front line. Um, but, I mean, the likes of, you know, Greenspan, Hugh, Adewale, um, you know, Funky Zeal, Forbes has played a lot of games, it feels like. Uh, Francois has played a heck of a lot of games for, for the ty- kind of style that he, he plays. Um, so, you know, it, it, it might be this season just catching up with us, but yeah, it's it certainly feels like that. Um, and, and it could be, it's, you know, they've defended so much all season. And, uh, and when you keep defending in this way, sometimes, yeah, you just kind of... You, you break and uh hopefully it changes with the playoffs coming around the corner <laughs> in this game you know romeo was the one who got the lone goal for the house i was gonna say still still feel like we're giving up when we play romeo Mike. <laughs> i mean again this was something else that we complained about in the last episode and romeo comes out and scores so but let me ask you this aside from the goal and i'm not i'm not asking this to be a jerk because like i said i missed pretty much the first half of the game did you see more from him in this game um, that you think warrants more playing time? Or was, I mean, the goal was a good finish, but was it sort of a right place, right time sort of finish? Josh, how did, how, I mean, you know, if you're grading Romeo on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best for this game, where do you put him? I mean, the the problem isn't the scoring. The problem is everything else that players are expected to do especially in a, a lily team he's he doesn't feel like he's willing or able i don't know which one it is to do the defensive stuff it, he he's totally focused on scoring like he seems to just kind of stop running uh as soon as the play gets past you know his area he's like okay i don't have to hustle now because it's i'm no longer expecting to score a goal i'll let other people defend um, and it, it, that's what it felt like the whole time. It just felt, Liz said lazy. I don't even think it's lazy. I feel like it's just like, he doesn't think it's his job to do that. Like, I don't know if he's just like, yeah, no, okay. I'm good with that. That's just, that's what it is. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like the goal itself was good and you can't really say too much negative when, you know, we need goals and he got the goal. So it's, he did what he was supposed to do, but I don't know if the result would have been a little bit different if he would have been hustling back to help with the defense and for you know what I mean. I don't know if that's his job though. I don't know if that's what he's being told to do by the coach. Like maybe Lily's like no. We used to always hear Lily yell at Romeo when he was playing more to you know go forward, go forward, go forward. But I don't know if that's exactly the same situation or not. 
Yeah. I will say once uh um once Nico got subbed in, like, you know, minutes within getting subbed in, he ripped a shot right off the keeper that came right back to him and he had an empty net and he skied it as well. But that was a case yeah. where it felt like everybody in Cincy was ready to crap their pants because it was just it was Nico being Nico. Um Kev, I feel like I cut you off there, like you were gonna say something about Romeo. No? No, no, not nothing really. I was just gonna say I mean look, I I don't think he's like, for example, I think Conardo Forbes pretty much ran that game. I, th- I thought Forbes had a great game, especially early on. Um, I think his, his touch is incredible. I think everything positive that came from the attack kind of came through Forbes. Um, you know, so he's not on that level, Parks. Um, but he's certainly not, like, I think, you know, a weak link and a chain of the entire team i think he's fine he's, he's not putting in stellar performances but i think by no means is he you know terrible you know I, you know he gets the goal i think it's it's a it's a good finish look i i think brett is probably the only one else in the team that can kind of put a you know score a goal like that I, you know it, it's top corner quick one shot left foot um you know we don't have a lot of pe- oh, people that can do that uh excuse me um you know, Kay had a had an off game. You know, I, I don't like I don't see Kay doing that right now, especially now. Maybe if he gets a run of games and he, and he builds up his match fitness again. But you know, the fact that we can, you know, and and I mean that's another thing, right? I mean, if if we can just bring Romeo on for the last twenty minutes and he can come in cold and still do things like that, you know, he's he's not he doesn't really seem like a player who needs to work himself into the game. It feels like he can just kind of step onto the pitch and just say, yeah, give me the ball, or just put it in the top corner. Um, and so you know he has that in his locker, which I think is really useful. So no, I, I don't think he's like he's not in my top five performing players of the season. I don't think he's he's you know he's not pulling up trees any. Or that's, that's is a he phrase, is right? he in your top eleven players for the season? <laughs> probably, but probably not. But you need at no, least I'm, eighteen, right? You no, know it was I mean? just to, to go through it. When you said so, the top five, you made it sound like you know he's potentially on that cusp, and I'm like he's not on that cusp. But it was a no, good yeah, finish. I'm not, like, I, I'm not knocking I, him. It's just yeah. Yeah, I think in my well, <laughs> I was gonna say I mean like I'm gonna say like in my dream eleven he, for the Hounds, he's probably not in it. But my dream eleven probably looks really soft attacking too. So I don't know. I I, I think I think we still. I mean we we've done really well across Indy. And Cincy to get more goals from around the pit. Three different goal scorers who are not Brett, which is a positive thing. Um, and we need to do more of that. But yeah, if if we're, if we're still going to make you know defensive blunders like we've had in the past two two games, we we we're going to start to have to get into kind of a shootout. And uh, we need we need a heck of a lot more goals to do that. So that kind of reminds me of the sub situation for this game. Um, in the 70th minute, coach takes off Francois and puts in Brett. And I remember right before seeing that, like when we saw Brett uh, getting ready to come on, everyone in the Discord channel uh, for the Steel Army were talking like, oh, do you think it's going to be Parks? Do you think it's going to be Banjo? Who's he coming in for? And he comes in for Francois. And everyone was just taken aback. Like, I didn't think Francois was doing bad. I thought he was actually doing pretty decent, and it seemed like a weird substitute. Then in, like, eight minutes, he also subs out uh, Parks for Zemanski. And Zemanski is not that type of player. Like, he, So it felt like maybe he had those swapped, like, for some reason. Like, maybe he just was trying to put some extra offense there for a couple of minutes just to see if that would do anything, and then kind of abandoned it and subbed in Zemanski. Uh, that kind of equaled it back out because not like Zemanski played the forward position where Parks was at. So I don't know. I, I didn't know if you guys noticed that. If, what you thought about that sub? It, it it felt like yeah. I mean, I think for a large portion of the game, I think Lily was happy to just have you know a line of defense and a line of attack and just kind of forget you know forego the midfield and just try to see how that plays out. Be a bit more chaotic and and try to get Cincy uncomfortable. And I think. In that way, kind of maybe the Brett sub makes sense. Um, and then as the game goes on, he's thinking, all right, well, you know, tired legs. Things are going to start to maybe get a little more intense here. Maybe we just need a bit more calm control in the center of midfield. That's why you bring on Zemanski. So, I mean, I can kind of see it in that, in that regard. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know, but but I mean it's, and, and I think the other thing too is you know Francois. I think he's he's played a lot of games, and and it seems like I, I don't I don't know if Lily thinks he can he could have done a full ninety <laughs> full ninety um, for <laughs> for for the Cincy game, and so I, I it could have been it, it could have been like a yeah a fitness thing where he 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 knew okay you know Francois only has this many minutes in his legs for this one, and then we have to get him off. Um, but maybe he still wanted to attack in that moment. Of the game. I don't, you know. So there's a, there's a bunch of different things. Um, but uh, yeah, all speculation, it, I guess. It made me sad just because I I know Francois works well with Brett, so I wanted to see that dynamic in this game for at least a little bit to see if we could make something happen. Um, but then it just you know went away. The, granted, this is also before the goal, uh, the first goal that they scored. So we were ahead by one at this point, which is also why I was kind of confused by the whole uh, Francois and uh brett situation i was like we're not even needing a goal right now like i don't know it was weird but i just wondering if that made a difference or not in this game because then pretty much right after zamanski comes in uh like two minutes after uh, a goal happens for cincy I think sometimes, you know, we talk about sort of the chess match between the coaches. And that, very, that I mean, that could have been a situation where, you know, Koch is looking at it going like, wait, they're up a goal and now they're putting on more forwards. Like, what are they doing? Like, just trying to keep them off balance, um, which it sounds like, you know, Lily did a decent job of in this game, um, both in formation and terms of where players were at and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think it definitely plays on the mind of our opposition. I mean, you know, they... They the commentators talk about it all the time. They have visual graphics for it, like watching this into game. Oh, the River Hounds have only let in fourteen goals this season, and so it's you know if if the Hounds, you know if you're playing the Hounds and they go one up on you, I think already you're thinking crap. Like here we go, and and then you pull on Brett and you're like holy crap. <laughs> like because like, if, if you're thinking if they get two, like we can't pull it back, and so it it could have been something like that. I mean we all know since it's a huge game. Um, you know, we're at their house. We want to make a statement. So it, it, it could have been something like that. But yeah, Mike, I think you're right. I think I, I think Lily's thinking on a whole nother level here in, in these type of matches, which is just weird. Because like I, I've talked about, like I talked about his setup at the beginning and it felt so perfectly personalized to the Cincy game. And, it's, and it felt different. And then I'm wondering, like, I don't know, it feels like the majority of other games, especially recently, it hasn't it hasn't seemed that different or unique. It's kind of, like, felt pretty consistent. And, and as far as the players who are playing where and what and what they're doing and all this other stuff, um, it, it seemed like we did something significantly di- different for the Cincy game and it worked. And, it, and it's just like, okay, well... Like surely we're doing that level of analysis for every other game we're playing. Like why why aren't we why aren't we why isn't this working more? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but also a very a very 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 quick shout out. I thought Adewale had a huge game. I think all the center backs had a really good game. But I think quietly Adewale is having an incredible season for for his age and his experience and all that kind of stuff. I, I thought in particular in this game, I think he had to deal with a lot and and he dealt with it really well. Kev, you know, to the point about sort of tactics and whether or not we do this for every game, I'm sure that we do do it for every game, but, you know, not to give Cincy too much credit, but, like, it could be just the case that since he's doing things so much differently than everybody else, that that's, it, it warrants a change like this, whereas we can get away with, you know, not ch- changing up the formation so much against playing, you know, or playing against other teams. So, yeah. I guess, guys, um... Before we get into some of the questions that people submitted, um, specifically Laura Allen submitted one that I really want to spend a little bit of time talking about. <laughs> Is there anything else that, uh, any other takeaways that you guys want to dive into about this game in particular? I mean, we didn't really talk about the the subs on the other side that kind of changed the game completely. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that 75th minute, Adi comes in, and that's when things got hairy for us, and the goal came five minutes later. Um and then in the 88th minute. So it was one of the situations where I'm also wondering if the whole cat and mouse game with the coaches, uh, the, you know, the chess game, he waited until the 70th minute to kind of bring in McLaughlin and then bring in Adi. And it makes me wonder if that was almost just teasing us the whole time. Like, oh, let them run their legs down. Let them get there. And then suddenly, boom, bring in two bigger players, obviously. And uh, that's when it all went 
the crap for us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, also shout out to it, it. It looked like we had a decent uh, showing for fans uh, there. There was a couple of them in the corner, and it was it was good to see on TV. Um, I think they got a lot of screen time because they were right by one of the corner flags. Um, so yeah, that was that was I was really happy to see that. Um, okay, I guess we'll get into it. So, uh, today or earlier this afternoon, um, I was just like, oh yeah, we're recording. And so put out on Twitter, Hey, we're recording. If anybody has any thoughts or questions or anything like that, Laura Ellen asked, how long is it appropriate to cry slash hit a punching bag after the past four results? Um, you know, if you had asked me this on Saturday night, you'd probably get a completely different answer. But I think having, you know, the time to sort of sit and reflect on it and what's happened and, watch a few episodes of all or nothing Manchester city, which I feel like I just keep plugging. Um, uh, the, the Kev. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, is that a new bingo thing? It should like be. It should be. It's going to be. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think the, the, the one thing that I found very interesting in watching that there was an episode and I can't, I'm, I, uh, it's just because of what I've seen Manchester city lose to Liverpool. And, um, and to watch this team that was on such a high all this time and watch these guys like get ticked off and like suffer. And it felt like the way that we felt after Saturday night, it was like, Holy crap. Like this is like one of the best teams in the world. And they're feeling exactly the same way that we do right now. So the reality is, is that everybody loses at some point. And so it's just a matter of, you know, we need to get over that. But I think the interesting thing, and and we've sort of floated around this a little bit is Cincy's reactions to winning this game and sort of how they came out and how they played and all of that, you look at how the Cincy fans celebrated and it's almost as if they were looking at us as if we were a better team. Like there were times, as you guys have said, where we sort of dominated this game. We were up one nothing in this game. At one point, Brett almost made it 2 nothing in this game. And this was a case where they were so excited. You know, you have a, you have a stadium full of 20,000 people. Um, and, and, you know, it's a team that has the deepest pockets in the league. They spent MLS funny money that no other team has, you know, basically to get players. And they put Audi in the game. Um, and, you know, there was an argument that MLS 2 teams can do that too. You're not an MLS 2 team, so don't give me that BS. Anyway, but they were so excited <laughs> to beat us. You know, the Hounds, a team that has missed the playoffs the last two seasons, and until that final moment had them on the edge of their seats thinking that that they, the Unbeatables, could lose, I'm not convinced that they beat us. We beat ourselves in this case. If K puts in that PK, we're probably not having this discussion. If, you know, Adi doesn't turn Zemanski inside out, we're probably not having this discussion. Um... But this is if Lynn's in that, we're not if, having if Lynn's in that. We went into Nippert Stadium with our third string keeper and still only walked away two to one with a loss. And for a large majority of this game, had Cincy on the back foot. This is not the end of the story. So, you know. I, yeah, I Mike, I, I'll, 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 I'll slightly digress. Look, I, I appreciate not trying to say your your opinion is not legitimate. I'm not trying to say your perspective from here. How do I do that? <laughs> is, is legitimate. But the, the, no, the only slight kind of tweak I would make to that is I don't know. I I, I don't want to like I don't want to define our importance through the reaction of other teams to us. Like I don't know. We know how good we are. We don't need Cincy to tell us that we're no, good. You know exactly. what I mean? Like I, we don't we we don't we don't need their reaction to kind of justify that we we deserve, you know, to beat them or, or any kind of, so it's, it's kind of how we build our own identity, not, you know. No, I'm not. And I'm not saying that we should define ourselves in the way that other teams look at us. What I'm saying is, is don't, you know, yes, these, the most recent four games are disappointing when we have such high expectations for this team, but don't think that because the four, you know, the most recent four games have happened the way they have that all of a sudden this team is not dangerous, is not going to make the playoffs, is not, does not have the potential to make a playoff run or anything like that. Like there's still a lot of games left to be played in the season. It feels like after a game that's this high in Cincy to turn around and feel like, you know, well, that's it. Like, you know, nobody's going to beat Cincy now. And 
for large portions of that game, that did not feel like the case. And so I guess my point is, is, you know, you, you, while it feels like you should be hitting a punching bag, you yeah, probably we, we push we pushed a really good team close and at their home in front of a big crowd, we pushed a really good team close who has more resources, more resources than us and all that kind of stuff. And that's really positive. Um, yeah, and by the way, I don't know if you were planning on doing this at any point in the podcast. Don't don't tell me where we are in the standings. I have not looked at it uh, purposefully for the past couple of weeks. I don't want to know. Um, no, it, you're right. I mean, it feels like, okay, if you look over the past couple games, if you, if you go a couple of weeks back, you'll probably find audio of us talking about how we could potentially finish first. And this could be news. such a, This is fake news. <laughs> this, is, this, this, is, this could be, you know... We could be breaking records left, right, and center. We could be, you know, doing all this. And so now to fall away from that and be where we are now, yeah, it it hurts. It sucks. It's not fun. But I think at at the same time, we can kind of accept that, take that on the chin, and now maybe turn around a little bit more and say, well, like... You know, once again, look look where we are compared to where we are last season. This is a heck of a season. I, I, I kind of look at it as like, um, like the, the the season after Leicester City won the league. Um, they're in the Champions League and they're like going far. They're 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 playing all these big teams and they're not doing well in the league and they know that and they finally get knocked out of the Champions League and they're like, well, whatever. We had a good. This was fun. Like now we can actually enjoy where we're at and all that kind of stuff. And and there's a little less pressure to. It. I don't know. It's, the, that's kind of now the new perspective I'm taking. I think, you know, the new, I, I kind of realigned my goals or, or my goals, my, my goals for this team, uh, my hopes, I think, for this team. I think earlier on, yeah, we were like top, four, like, you know, top two, like maybe knockoff Cincy, that'd be huge. Um, now, you know, we can, we can readjust and we still have a lot to look forward to uh, over the, over the, you know, last few games of the season and in the playoffs. So I think that's, that's still something to, to really get excited about. I guess one thing I, I want to sort of reframe what you said, you sort of like, oh, Lester won everything. And then after the fact, they were like, this is fun. Like, we haven't won anything yet. So I don't think you're saying. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this this has been fun. This is great, guys. Good, good playoff run and uh, way to make that push. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next year. Like, I don't think anybody's saying that. I just wanted yeah. to clarify that for your own no, sake so yeah, that yeah. you don't get bombarded on Twitter and uh, <laughs> get hate mail sent to Tennessee. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so they don't even know if that's where I live. For all they know, <laughs> I live in like Alaska, and I'm doing this. Uh, too true. Josh, were you punching or hitting anything, or are you okay over there? Uh, I was just kind of like one of those deep depressions there for a little bit after this game. I, it honestly just took the wind out of me to have you know all the positive feelings from the first half and up to the last ten minutes of this game, and suddenly have it all ripped away. And I was like. I was already thinking about, like, you know, this is our first time beating Cincy. We got to do it before they left the league. That's great. And now I just really want to see us win our last home game against them at the end of the season because I I don't want to call it a rivalry. I know it's not a rivalry, but it, it kind of is now because I've at least it's a, a – rivalry is the wrong word. It's almost just like a, a chip on our shoulder that I want to get off. I want to be able to just – nail them one time just just get them and actually you know get a win before they leave the league which is very very possible this game should tell us that that is not like a pipe dream that is very possible this could have been a completely different game uh one or two decisions one or two you know better plays and we could be the victors in this so just keep that in mind this is not hopeless i know it feels like because it's been four games but uh I don't feel like this team is worse than it was before, and I don't feel like it has fallen behind. It just has a small hiccup, and I, at any moment we can turn this around. I just really, really hope the players turn it around. Yeah. And I guess the other, you know, the other thing to keep in mind is that nobody remembers who had the most points in the regular season in the USL. All that matters is who's lifting that cup at the end of the se- at the end of the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, anything could happen. So I disagree with that, but yes, I, I was saying we probably weren't saying that a couple of weeks ago. No, I didn't. <laughs> Look, would it be nice? No, but okay. Oh, in all honesty, if the Hounds 
had the most points in the regular season going into the playoffs, but lost in the first round of the playoffs. Well, of course, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like, what I'm saying. Wanna... Like, it's, it, it's... Sure, yeah. We all remember Louisville won last year, you know, and it's... But do we remember who had the most points out of everybody? I think it might have been Louisville, but I, I don't... Maybe it might have been Real Mar. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. On this whole point of the last four games, uh, King Jeffrey at Plaid Pirate, who had a nice write-up about the game over at uslnews.com, said, although the last or the past four results aren't what we hoped for, do you feel that having a bad run now is mildly okay if we end the season strong and have a good showing in the playoffs? I, I'd say yes. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm all in favor of, you know, getting hot here. You know, maybe, I mean, obviously, I think we want to get a win against Bethlehem this weekend, but... Um, you know, even if two or three games from now, if we start getting hot really in the run-ups to the playoffs, I think that would be the ideal time. But, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Do, I mean, do you think we've been hot at any period this season? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, we, we were getting a lot of wins there for a while, and it was the draws were becoming less and less of an issue um, right before this whole, you know, kind of, I don't want to say, nosedive but it it was we were pretty decent in it as far as getting wins instead of getting draws there for a while yeah i I, I would agree with you as far as the points we were collecting but it never felt like i I think even a couple weeks ago we were like hey lily teams click late in the season and and i think we kind of had this i don't know i don't know I, i at least for me i had an opinion where okay we haven't seen the best out of this team yet um, so you're right, Josh. I mean, I completely agree with you. There was a stretch where it felt like we were we were getting points left, right, and center earlier in the season. Um, but I don't know. I, I I remember a lot of one no wins, um, and it, and it felt like okay, we did the job and we got out of there. We weren't prolific, but we did it, and that was good. And we'll become prolific later in the season. So I don't know. I'm I'm still kind of holding out hope that yeah, we haven't seen the best from this team uh, this season. I think I think we can. There's maybe one or two examples, but I think we score four against, I forget who. Um, Probably Toronto. (laughs) You're right. Hey, it was Toronto. I just looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, maybe that's the only game where it really feels like it all came together. But I feel like we have yet to really see it all come together. And I'm hoping we, we still will in this season because I think when it does... I mean, I don't, I don't care who we're playing. Even if it is Cincy, I don't think anyone stops us in that game. Because, I mean, this in the Cincy game, it definitely wasn't all coming together. I mean, we played – I thought we played well. I thought we played – you know, but, but yeah. I, I think this team is still capable of playing better, and I just hope they actually do before the season's done. I have high hopes. Again, you know, the Cincy game – we're on a short week. They had a full week to prepare. We're on our third string keeper. We're at Nippert, and we still, you know, had them on their heels the way that we did. So, yeah, I, I, I'm feeling good about it. And I mean, and also keep in mind, we've this is now four losses total this season. That's super good. I mean, that's that's still amazing to me that we've only had four losses. I, the only team that is better loss ratio, at least, is Cincy with three losses. Everyone else has either. Like, I think there's one or two more that have four losses. Everyone else has, you know, above that. So it, it's, I don't know. It's hard for me to say that we we haven't been hot when we've not really conceded that many games this season. Uh, so there was a long stretch there. Speaking of conceding, at Kyle McHenry said, winless while Lind is out. Does that make him our MVP? I mean, I was ready to make him the MVP before that stat. So, Which is funny, because I think coming into it, we're like, ah, oh, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He's got a great back line in front of him. Like, eh, you know, not that big of a deal. Kev, you're shaking your head here. No, I was going to say, I, I agree with you. Like, I was shaking my head in that he doesn't have a lot of experience. No, I, Lind is great. Um, I think he's a big reason, obviously, as we've seen when he's not here in the past two games. He's a big reason why we we were doing so well this season. I don't know. At the same time, for me, it's I can't look past like Funky Zeal. Uh, I think he's been just so big for us. Same thing with Nico Brett. But no, I think Lind is, you know, before I said Romeo is not in my top five. Lind is absolutely in my top five. You know, best performing players uh, this season for us. And no, he's a big miss. I, I know what he he's expected to come back pretty soon, right? Fingers crossed. Yeah, that, I mean, we don't have an exact date yet. It was. Only supposed to be a couple weeks, a uh, couple weeks ago. So like I, th- I, I, I heard see. what I like. In, initial estimates was maybe for the Bethlehem game coming up, but 
Um, yeah, no, I think if he can, God, if he can come back and like not lose any bit of his sharpness, I think uh, that yeah, that'd be huge for us. No, he yeah, he's a huge player for us, and and I think yeah, if if anyone was questioning his worth uh, before, I think I think we've kind of gotten a clear answer um, over the past couple of games. So as we've been saying, Bethlehem are in town on Friday at 7 p.m. Originally, the game was going to be Saturday, but the Pitt-Penn State game is going to be Saturday night, and I think the Pirates are playing Saturday night as well, and there's all sorts of notices up about no tailgating and stuff like that. So the Hound said, peace, we're out. We'll do it Friday night instead. So um, games at 7. Hi, Mark. I will be there. Evan from the USL show will be there. It's going to be sort of a big party. Guys, what do we um, what do we expect out of this game? What are we hoping for? Is it is it three points or bust or you know based on the outcome of this game if we don't get three points are you suddenly getting nervous about sort of the state of things heading into this stretch where where are we at kev i i don't want to comment on the three points of us because i don't know the standings and i don't want to know i don't want to look um so it could be it really could <laughs> be. talk about it you do realize <laughs> I don't it, know. Right? we have to talk about um, it <laughs> i don't want to say that uh so no look i just i want to see I don't know. Like I said, it, it, watching them in the Cincy game, it felt on edge. You know, at the end of the indie game, it felt on edge. It, it, you know, it felt like the players had a lot of miles in their legs. It felt like everything was getting just a bit too serious. And I just, I don't know. I want the games just to be fun for everyone again. You know, I, I, I want the players to look like they can go out and just cut loose and enjoy themselves. And, and, and I think, you know, we all enjoy it more when they do. I think they get a better performance when they do. So that's that's really what I want to see. I think if we can, if we play really well and Bethlehem come and play really well and there's a draw, fine. Um, that's that's cool. I but I think what I don't really want to see is like, you know, if if it's a tight game and and we just get a really scrappy goal and we don't create a lot of chances, that's and even you know and we still walk away from a three like with three points in that game. It doesn't fill me with encouragement because I don't know. I'm still confident that we'll we'll comfortably be in the playoffs. And I think the most important thing is stepping into the playoffs playing well. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to limp into the playoffs, and I think we need to start putting in. You know, we need we really need to start getting into that groove now. And so, yeah, I just I want to see a good performance. If we go out and, and play well and get a point, that's that's fine. I would say, you know, looking at the upcoming schedule, we have Steele, and then we have Louisville at home, Indy 11 come to us at home, we have a midweek game at Penn FC, so, you know, three, three feels like a, three feels like a pretty good number, um, both in points and, you know, in, in other places, hint, hint, nod, nod, three, three, (laughs) three, 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 uh, Josh, how do you feel about all this? No, I do too. This is a game that we have to show up for. Um, I'm not so much worried about it because of points-wise in the standings. I'm worried about more for morale of the team and, you know, just of the general Pittsburgh fandom. Uh, I feel like this game is one of those that you want to see them perform. Now, it's against Bethlehem, and Bethlehem's kind of enigma sometimes. You don't know what you're going to get with them. I, I I believe that we could beat this team pretty, you know, on our good day. It shouldn't be that big of a, a, a hill to climb, but you never know. I mean, they beat Nashville. They, they've beat a lot of teams <laughs> that I'm looking through. Atlanta United, too. I guess Atlanta United is not that great. It's, I'm thinking of more MLS side. But, yeah, we should be able to win this, and I want to see it, especially since at home. For some reason, I'm still, I don't know if it's this season as much, but it feels like we have the stigma at home where we're, we're almost not as good at home as we are away. And I don't know what that is or what that says about us, but I'm more worried because we are at home than if we were playing them in Bethlehem, which should not be the case. It should not even matter, but it, it does. How do you guys think Bethlehem's going to come at us in this game? Because I feel like if they, if they come to play, then I think we're, we're fine. Right, if, but if they come to sit back like the past couple home games and just say, "Yep, we'll take a nil, no draw, one point, no problem for us," I think we could really struggle for, with that. Well, if you knew the standings, Kev, you might have some don't sense of, tell me. of how of how they may want to come out and play. I will say, I'll, I'll take my earphones. Yeah, off and the, just talk for a the bit. last time that we played them was five games ago, and we had a two-one win in Bethlehem. 
Um, uh, Kev, without revealing their position, which I feel like is a disservice to everybody else other than you. Just but it's say fine. it. Talk it's about fine. it. I don't care. No, it's Just fine. Do it. I'm a martyr. We're in third place right now. Bethlehem is I'll currently in fifth place with 42 points. Okay. Um, without saying our place, Kev, we're four points ahead of them, and we have three <laughs> games in hand. So it's fine. You, you can know, say it. I don't care. They're, but basically, look, Bethlehem, the, the playoff line right now is Nashville at 38. So Bethlehem's only four points outside of that playoff line. So outside of us, I'm not looking at their schedule, so I don't know. Four, four points else. above that playoff line, right? Not outside. Bethlehem are four points above the playoff line. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I don't know who else they have, but you know, coming in and playing Pittsburgh and getting a win would be a statement for them and would jump them up the table to you know one point behind us. So, do I think they're going to come and park the bus? I think at this point, no team can really come in and park the bus just because of how tight the playoff race is. So I'm hoping that that plays in our favor in that, you know, they can't necessarily sit back. And so, therefore, we might have a little bit more space to take the game to them. Josh, how are, how are you feeling about all of this? You know, give us your thoughts and give us the score prediction. Yeah, I mean, I uh, looked up Bethlehem's uh, schedule and they play Toronto and then Ottawa. So those are two games that are very winnable for them. So if they were to get points on us and get points on them, that's looking pretty good. Their last two games that were against Indy 11 and uh, Tampa Bay Rowdy. So both of those, you know, well, Tampa Bay might be an easy one or depending on, you know, if they've decided to show up anymore or not. I don't think they are going to, though. Um, but, yeah, I think, at least for this game, I, I want to see – us get 2-0. I want to see a clean sheet. I want to see that mostly for if Kirk's in net, I want to see his confidence get back up there and a clean sheet's going to do that for him. So it would be nice to see a clean sheet. I always kind of hedge my bets as far as goals go, so 10 or 2 seems pretty high for a Lily team, but it, it's possible. So I I think 2-0 would be a good one. I'm with you. I'm going to go 2-0. I'd love to see the shutout and just get back to that because it's been a few games where we've let in at least one. And uh, after having sort of that run of form earlier in the season where we weren't letting in any, it'd be nice to, you know, rebuild that mindset in some of the opponents when, you know, they come in to face us. They know they're getting one or none, and that's it, especially going into the playoffs. Um, you get people thinking that way. That's a huge mental advantage, and perception is a big part of this game. So uh, I'm going to say 2 nothing, Hounds. Kev, what are you thinking here? I mean, you know, I am slightly worried about this game. I mean, we're not in good form. We haven't played particularly well at home of late. Um, yeah, wait a minute. I, hold on. I, hold on. It, wait, wait, wait. We just said that, like, we are – like, you, you made a whole thing about, like, we're just on the cusp of being that great team. Like, we're in good form, yeah, but, but I think, things just I think aren't that going happens for us. Over the – like – time scale of seasons i i think like like teams make that step like you know usually you see this happen on like a season by season basis like this team uh, that we're seeing now i think i think it's you know we're not far away from turning some of these losses or draws into wins but i think that kind of that happens more over the course of longer periods of time that's my point but but no look i mean look look look, look at our you know Win loss draw. I mean, look look at our recent form. We we haven't been playing that. We haven't been getting the results. So, and even regardless of of the performances, I think just you know numbers are easy to kind of stay around in players' minds. So, I mean, it's it'll be easy for them to look back and say, oh, we've only collected a, you know what two or three points over the course of the past multiple games. That's that's not good. That's not good for anyone's morale. Josh, you were talking about that before. So, no no one's going into this game happy. You know what I mean, and 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 I think it's, and yeah, we have we haven't been playing that well at home lately. So it's, you know, I know usually it's <laughs> we're generally pretty optimistic, but most signs point to this being, I think, a pretty tough game. Um, so, you know, I I'd be, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of I don't I don't think we get a clean sheet. Um, I'm saying maybe two one if we're lucky. Um, but yeah. Okay, that's fair. <sighs> big game big game <laughs> it's both both me and mike just kind of 
<laughs> we will say Justin is going to be talking to Evan Valella of the USL show, who also covers Bethlehem still later this week. So keep an ear out for that. We'll make sure of that preview show on. And like I said, Evan's going to be coming to town um, for this game. Uh, so, you know, if you see him in the Steel, I don't know if he's playing on sitting in the Steel Army or not, but uh, make sure you give him a hard time. Um, I'm sure he's expecting it and uh, will relish it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this one, guys. I feel like we went a lot longer than usual, maybe. I don't know. I'll just a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. So let's let's we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Um, you know, guys, good luck this weekend. Um, and, uh, let's, let's go get those three points. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're, looking for, if you're looking for more great Pittsburgh soccer news, head over to pittsburghsoccernow.com. And if you're looking for the latest in other USL teams, head over to uslnews.com. Check out the other podcasts and articles and things that are there. Uh, a lot of stuff going on there. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols and at WoMongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. Before you go, please help us to keep doing what we're doing by becoming a supporter of the show. Head over to mongols.com and click on the Become a Supporter button. For as little as $1 per month, just $1, you can help keep the show commercial-free while also getting a say in who we interview, the questions we ask, what we talk about, and you can get some sweet gear as well. Thanks again to all of our listeners for your continued support. That's mongols.com. Click on Become a Supporter. mongols.com. Become a Supporter. Thanks.